0: South Carolina's men's basketball team pulled off the upset against number 6 Kentucky on Tuesday night and displayed several qualities of an NCAA tournament team in the process. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff fryer for Gamecock Digest over on Fan Nation. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available as always both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. What a night it was for Lamont, Paris, and South Carolina's men's basketball program as a whole. Talked about this game on our Tuesday show. And I made a proclamation that Lamont Paris and South Carolina, they needed to win this game in order to really bolster their resume for a potential NCAA tournament appearance that could come in about a month and a half's time. And with how Lamont Paris' team performed on Tuesday night against number 6 Kentucky, South Carolina's men's basketball team, as of this moment, they are an NCAA tournament team. They displayed several qualities of the kind of NCAA tournament team that you want to see in March. First thing that I want to bring up here that they displayed on Tuesday night was the fact that they forced Kentucky to play their brand of basketball. They say that styles make fights, especially when it comes to college hoops. And coming into this game, we all heard about Kentucky's high-flying offense. It was the top-scoring offense in all of the Vision 1 men's college basketball. Kentucky came into this game with the 13th fastest tempo in the country, averaging 73.3 possessions per 40 minutes according to KenPom. South Carolina The absolute opposite end of the spectrum, having the 12th slowest tempo in the country on average offensively. In terms of fast break points, Kentucky averages 16.41 fast break points per game. That ranks 8th in the country. South Carolina averages just 6 per game. That's tied for 332nd nationally out of 351 registered Division I men's basketball programs. And despite all of that, South Carolina, they pretty much showed that you don't have to be flashy when you're playing a team that is as good and as talented as Kentucky. South Carolina is a half-court team. They definitely like to take their time on their offensive possessions. And at the same time, they want to prevent their opponent's offense from being able to just run up and down the floor all night long on the offensive end. And South Carolina accomplished that so they forced Kentucky to have to play essentially their style and that was the first way in which they won this game and that's the first quality that they displayed of an NCAA tournament team. The second point I want to bring up from Tuesday night's victory South Carolina's defense was tenacious and it was a collective team effort. In the NCAA tournament you're not going to survive if you are a team that heavily prioritizes your offensive play but don't give the same amount of attention to the defensive side of the floor. We see it every season where a team comes in and they're averaging like 82 points per game on offense, but they're giving up an average of 74 and a half points per game on defense, and typically those teams are one and done. South Carolina, again, sure, it's not flashy, but they hang their hat on their defense. And if Tuesday night's performance is any indication, they absolutely have an NCAA tournament quality defense. South Carolina, we already talked about how they forced the Wildcats to play in the half court. But the Gamecocks also forced Kentucky to play a lot of isolation basketball. Basically, a lot of one-on-one situations. And sure, Kentucky, because of the talent that they have on their roster at times, they made some pretty sweet shots in one-on-one situations. But they were never able to really get into an offensive flow in this game. South Carolina's effort and their physicality forced Kentucky's guards mainly to make a lot of tough and usually acrobatic shots somewhere from 5 to 15 feet out from the rim. And that led to the Wildcats shooting just 40.3% from the floor last night. The last quality that this team exuded against Kentucky on Tuesday night that's emblematic of an NCAA tournament team is the fact that South Carolina outcoached their opponent's talent. If you're going to make the tournament and then subsequently win a couple games in March, you got to have a really good head coach. I think that South Carolina fans, at this point, they are 100% behind Lamont Paris. That was not the case when Lamont Paris was hired by the school back in March of 2022. But the narrative around Lamont Paris has changed completely here because for the second straight season in a row it is fair to say that South Carolina's Lamont Paris outcoached John Calipari and his team full of four and five star prospects the other thing i want to note as far as the gamecocks are concerned and what they've done recently on the floor is that south carolina is learning how to withstand Many runs from their opponents, so say two or three straight baskets without scoring a point of their own, and avoiding a snowball effect. At the start of SEC play, South Carolina struggled with this. But against Arkansas, and last night against Kentucky, when those two teams had their chances, where they made a couple baskets in a row, and it looked like they were about to creep back into the game, South Carolina slammed the door shut in both of those contests. That is important to note in my opinion. And it's also a sign of great coaching. And a team that is 100% bought in to what their head coach is preaching to them. Not just on the court in the middle of these games. Not just in practice. But behind closed doors in that locker room. South Carolina, they have got the... Quality traits that you look for in an NCAA tournament team right now. And those traits all came to the forefront on Tuesday night when they played and upset number six Kentucky. It's a huge win for this program. And if you're going to win a game like that, you need a couple of guys to have some standout performances. And typically, when we talk about that with South Carolina, we talk about Michi Johnson and BJ Mack. But we need to talk about a couple of other guys and what they did on Tuesday night that helped the Gamecocks win this matchup. We'll talk about those players in just a couple of moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, we're a couple weeks into the NFL playoffs now, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel has set out some bets for Championship Sunday this upcoming weekend, and one of these bets has caught my attention, and that is the bet that each team scores one or more field goals in both Championship Sunday games. They've got minus 105 odds, and I think that those are pretty good odds to take there because You've got the top three scoring defenses in the NFL that still remain in the playoffs. That's the Ravens, Chiefs, and the 49ers. And while the Lions aren't quite as good defensively as those three teams, the 49ers could be playing without Debo Samuel. And that would really impact their game plan in the red zone offensively if that indeed ends up being the case. So if you're interested in that championship special bet or maybe some of the other ones that FanDuel has, you can go and check them out on the FanDuel app, which is easy to use, and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more. You can also visit fanduelcom on and make your first bet a layup either way with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single. Day And as always, I really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who make the On Gamecocks podcast your first listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily or your first watch on YouTube. South Carolina's men's basketball team had several players step up against the number six Kentucky Wildcats last night on both ends of the floor. So let's talk about a couple of those players real quick. The first one that we got to discuss is point guard Taylon Cooper. Taylon Cooper had easily his best performance of the season last night against Kentucky. He was unconscionable on offense. Taylon, first of all, he seemed to make all of the right decisions on Tuesday night and Sure, we are used to seeing that with Taylon Cooper. And he came into Columbia or came to Columbia with the known reputation that he was a floor general on the offensive end of the hardwood. But Talon Cooper, he did not wilter in the moment against this top 10 team in Kentucky. He had five assists to zero turnovers. So, he took care of the basketball first and foremost. Also, Taylon Cooper, uh, he just could not really miss from the floor on Tuesday night in terms of shooting the basketball. He made eight of his 11-shot attempts on Tuesday night. And the thing that really stood out to me about Taylon Cooper's performance, the moment that really made me sit there and go, oh, he is com- in a completely different realm tonight was when Taylon Cooper had a couple of occasions in the second half where he was on one side of the floor, you know, usually on the wing, and he had one of his front court teammates on that same side of the floor. And his teammate would kind of be looking at him, wondering, you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to go up and set a screen for you? And Taylon would stand there, and he waved him off and basically called for an isolation play for himself. Taylon Cooper, he has rarely done that this season. I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I have seen him just flat out tell his teammates, clear out on this side of the floor, this is my play. But he had so much confidence going against the Wildcats on Tuesday night with how well he was shooting the basketball, that he had moments where he was willing to just take the ball in his own hands. And I think that that says a lot about him, again, considering the kind of skill set that we all heard about as a facilitator when he got to South Carolina this off season. So Taylon Cooper by far had the best performance on the floor overall on Tuesday night. Another player that is worthy of a mention here is Colin Murray Boyles. Now, sure, Colin did not light up the stat sheet in terms of scoring the basketball like Taylon Cooper did, only scoring six points. But Colin Murray Boyles was unreal on the defensive end. His effort, and most notably, his quick twitch, helped him affect several plays against this Kentucky offense. He had two steals because of how he used his length to affect passing lanes. He also blocked three shots, and... He also was a menace on the glass, securing nine rebounds in total and four of them on the offensive end of the floor. Colin Murray Boyles did a little bit of everything when he did not have the basketball in his hands on defense. This is a kid that is starting to see the floor better. This is a kid that on Tuesday night was playing like he had another set of eyeballs in the back of his head. And as Lamont put it after the game, he said he has got special traits. He said that verbatim. And Lamont, obviously, he doesn't say those kind of things very often. So, it speaks volumes to the kind of player that South has got here in Colin Murray Boyles. And I literally turned to my coworker for Gamecock Digest, because we were both at the game last night, and I... Told him, I said, could you imagine if Colin did not have mononucleosis to start this season? Where would he be now? He could have been even better if he had had a chance to actually start the season off on the right foot physically with his teammates. And he's only going to get better from here on out. So Colin Murray Boyles, he was a standout performer easily on Tuesday night. And then one last guy I want to give a shout out to, Josh Gray. It has not always been pretty for Josh Gray this season. I think that we can all agree on that point. Josh Gray, for whatever reason, he has had a hard time staying in the rotation this season compared to last year. Um, And he certainly has had some low moments. But in the past couple games, Josh Gray, he's really starting to get back into form. He's showing us the Josh Gray that we saw from this past season once again. He was... Definitely effective against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And he was productive on Tuesday night against Kentucky. And again, we all heard about Kentucky's offense. We heard about the size they're going to bring in the front court. And we all heard about Big Z, the Croatian center who stands at 7 foot 2 and has guard skills when he has the basketball in his hands. That was all we heard about coming into this game. And that did not get to Josh Gray in the slightest bit last night. He only played 13 minutes. But Josh Gray scored 9 points, secured 6 rebounds. I believe he forced Big Z to commit 2 fouls on him, converted an and-1, and had several thunderous dunks that just really increased the momentum for South Carolina, especially in that first half. And when Josh Gray got 2 fouls, with around seven and a half minutes to go in that first half. And there was immediate timeout. And Lamont Paris pulled him to the side and talked to him for a minute or two. Lamont had a decision to make. He could have pulled Josh Gray and saved him for the second half and played the long game. Or he could leave him in there and take a risk. And basically have full confidence, in all honesty, that Josh was going to go out there and play cleaner basketball from that point on. And that was what he did. He responded the right way to Lamont Paris's coaching. So Josh Gray, props to you. You were absolutely a factor in this game. And if Josh Gray can gain that confidence back that he really had this past season, South Carolina's front court is just going to get even more dangerous with how B.J. Max playing lately on the offensive end, Colin Murray Boyles continues to get better, Josh Gray finding his confidence back. The rest of the SEC better hope that that does not happen because if it does, it really does make that front court just completely different in terms of what South Carolina can do in that area of the floor and in their rotation. Now, South Carolina, after having defeated Kentucky, the question that a lot of fans might be asking is what's next for this team? You know, we all again right now think that this team is an NCAA tournament team, but they still have a dozen regular season games to go here in conference play. So, what is next when it comes to their SEC opponents? We'll talk about those opponents and the questions they have to answer in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina is going to have a chance to further validate that they are an NCAA tournament team in these next four games as they are getting ready to play. And that's going to start off this coming Saturday when they take on the Missouri Tigers. Now, I know the Gamecock fans are going to look at this matchup on paper, and they're going to see, well, South Carolina, I believe they now have 16 wins under their belt. And Missouri, I want to say, is eight and ten or eight and eleven. The Tigers are struggling mightily this season after Dennis Gates had a rock solid start to his tenure up there in Columbia, Missouri this past season. But the question I have for South Carolina is how do they play against a team whose backs are against the wall and you're coming off of an emotional win against number six Kentucky? Basically, do you have a letdown game? against a team that is going to have some confidence coming in that they can beat you because South Carolina, they had to go to overtime not that long ago to knock off Missouri on the road. Now, obviously, they get the Tigers at home this time, so they're going to have an advantage on that front. And after this win, I think it's fair to say Colonial Life will be rocking on Saturday afternoon when the Tigers come to town. But do you take care of business against a team that, You're definitely better than right now. That's the question they got to answer against Missouri. The following game will be on the road, and the Gamecocks are taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. And obviously last year, this series, the home-and-home that South Carolina had with Tennessee, it was just a complete and total mismatch. And that might be an understatement. I believe that they lost both games by an average of like 30-something points. Lost one game, I know, by 40-plus, the other game at least by 35-plus. South Carolina was no match for Tennessee last season. But these two teams are very different this time around. So my question for South Carolina is simply, can you match up better against Rick Barnes Volunteers? I don't think Gamecock fans are going to sit here and expect you to beat Tennessee up in Knoxville. But can you be competitive against them for 40 minutes? If South Carolina can do that, then again, it's just another sign that they have gotten a lot better as a team and that they can compete in the NCAA tournament. The following game is also going to take place on the road, and this will be a revenge opportunity for South Carolina. They'll be taking on the Georgia Bulldogs after they play the Volunteers in Knoxville. My question for that game is simply this. Can you avenge your loss against the Bulldogs without pressing too much? There's one thing I want to say about this team, especially a couple of players on this team. Obviously, Michi is one of them. Uh, This team, it is fueled by emotion a good bit. They definitely can play jacked up for a good portion of a basketball game, especially at the start in front of a home crowd against a team like Kentucky. Now, obviously, it's a bit different in this game. You're going on the road. You're playing a team in Georgia that, you know, nobody looks at them in the same light as they do at Kentucky, but... You know that South Carolina, they're going to want that one back. They feel like probably that they shouldn't have dropped that game this past week. That, you know, hey, Georgia did some things really well. But at the same time, we played really crappy that night. Shooting the basketball, the free throw line, shooting from three. We had an outlier performance. And we want to go out there and prove that when we go to Athens. Can you do that, but at the same time, also not let... Your emotions get the best of you. That's my question for them in that game. And then the last game in this four-game stretch is against the Ole Miss Rebels at home. Ole Miss kind of was the darling of the conference a couple weeks back when they and South Carolina were both undefeated. I want to say Ole Miss at one point was 13-0. Ole Miss, uh, they have kind of fallen off the tracks a little bit the past week and a half or so. They have dropped, I believe, three conference games now. And two of those games were just total blowout losses against good teams. Teams that will play in March for sure. But the shine has sort of started to wear off with Ole Miss. So, with Ole Miss coming to town, my question will be in that game, can you deal with their perimeter-centric offense? You look at Ole Miss's statistics, and it's quite clear that that their offensive scoring output, it is mainly driven through their guard play. South Carolina, they are a great defensive team. But, if there is one thing I will say at times, the Gamecocks can still give up some three-pointers if they're a little bit slower on their rotations than usual on a particular night. Ole Miss is a team where you cannot afford to let that happen because if it does happen, then... That's how that game winds up being a lot closer than you would like for it to be. So how do you deal with that when you face the Rebels? This is going to be an important stretch here for South Carolina. All four of these games, they're against solid teams overall in this conference. And you've got to prove something in every single game. This is a stretch where South Carolina, they could go 3-1 and one, in my opinion at best. They could also turn around and go 1-3, and or gosh forbid, they could lose all four of these games. I don't think that that's going to happen, but you could see a path where either scenario plays out. So, big win for South Carolina against Kentucky on Tuesday night, and certainly a lot to keep up with over the next couple of weeks here in SEC play. With that being said, that is going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts on the tournament-like qualities that this team is displaying right now on the floor? Who did you think the individual standouts were in their upset win over number six, Kentucky? And lastly, what are your thoughts on this upcoming stretch against Missouri, Tennessee, Georgia, and Ole Miss? No matter what your thoughts are, let me know down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at ALINE underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. (laughs)